Hi, I'm Lauren Valbert, and I'm the host of What the Trust, a podcast that explores what makes, shakes, and often breaks trust in organizations and brands. Is trust important in business? Can trust be rebuilt? What does it mean to be trusted? Thanks for joining us as we discuss these key questions. In this podcast episode, the focus will be on what trust means in a world in crisis. I will be speaking with Benita van der Velde from Develde International about recruitment and the search for talent and how that's being affected by the crisis. But first off, let's talk about trust in crisis. The majority of people who are listening to this in the April 2020 timeframe are doing so at home right now. The world is so radically changed in just a few months that it is hard to know how and when we will return to business as usual. The biggest effect that is completely obvious to anyone who is on any social media channel is how much trust in institutions is shifting in real time. Governments are being evaluated on a daily, even hourly basis on how they respond to the situation. NGOs are overburdened and struggling to communicate while dealing with an unprecedented situation. Media outlets are being depended on like hardly ever before, and they're also being questioned, perhaps, like never before. For me, the most compelling development is the way companies are being judged and intensely scrutinized on what they're doing, or even more importantly, not doing right now. The annual trust barometer research that Edelman conducts has demonstrated a direct connection year after year between how much a brand is trusted and how much people buy their products and recommend their products to friends. However, this has been a little intangible and tough to prove in the real world, until now. Now we're seeing people in the media and on social media actively promoting those companies who are doing something positive to help people in crisis. Even more tellingly, they are not hesitating to name and shame those companies that are not doing enough, that are taking the wrong tone in communications, or who are simply continuing to do business without adjusting to a world that has changed. We are seeing many heroic examples. Companies like Diageo, the liquor company, who has donated 2 million liters of alcohol to make hand sanitizer. And LVMH has converted its perfume factories also to making sanitizer. Eddie Bauer and other clothing companies have said they're working on switching production to making masks. Even tobacco companies are researching vaccines. Some retailers have promised to pay people salary, even while their stores are shut, and companies everywhere are working out ways to accommodate working parents and sick employees. There are also the companies that are being made the villains in these times, those who are laying people off, not giving sick leave to employees, not closing facilities or stores, or those who are trying to launch new products or keep on working in a business-as-usual style. Even those who have not communicated well enough to employees and external audiences what they are doing to assist people in this crisis are being made out to be the bad guys in a time when people are frightened and looking to companies to lead. At Edelman, we have four pieces of advice for any institutions that are working to survive this crisis. One, show up and do your part. Now is not the time to disappear. Use what resources and creativity you can to make a difference. Two, don't act alone. Join forces with others such as suppliers, partners, NGOs, and most critically, the government. Three, very key, solve, don't sell. You should focus all your efforts to finding meaningful solutions to current problems. And finally, four, communicate with emotion, compassion, and facts. People need reassurance and empathy in this time frame.
Joining me now is Anita Van de Velde. Anita is the founder of Develda International, the one-stop talent consultancy and executive search agency supporting international organizations in building their future fit corporate affairs and marketing functions from leaders to discipline experts. With a background in advertising and marketing, she brings the full service agency approach to executive search. I've known Anita for many years. In fact, she placed me in my role at Edelman. Hi, Anita. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Lauren. It's great to be part of a discussion today. I hope everyone at Edelman are healthy and safe. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's really quite trying times, isn't it? It sure is. And same to you. I hope your team is doing okay. As much as you don't look it, uh, you've been around in this industry for pretty much as long as I have. We've been through some challenging times in business, including 9-11 and the 2008 recession. But I think I'm right in saying this is pretty much unprecedented in the types of challenges it's bringing businesses. What is your take on it from what you're seeing with your clients? If you told me when we came into 2020 that we'd be experiencing a global pandemic, I would have said, not in my lifetime. Um, How many of us were really ready and able to manage this? I mean, this goes beyond your average crisis and issue toolkit, doesn't it, Lauren, you know? Absolutely. Um, now, I went on a holiday on the on the 12th of March, so I only got back into the Netherlands uh, on the 23rd of March, thanks to KLM, uh, I love you. Um, and as soon as I got back, I was reaching out to our stakeholders to check in and see how they were, both personally and professionally. Right. Many of my stakeholders are leaders of corporate affairs, functions and CHROs of, you know, many of the leading multi, multinationals that are based here in the Netherlands. And, you know, from my conversations, it was pretty clear that these functions, which are, you know, previously termed soft functions, were the critical advisors and taking uh, how best to respond to this huge, unprecedented human crisis. You know, I can safely say I would raise an eyebrow if anyone would use the term soft function after this crisis to describe either corporate affairs or HR. You know, um, so I spoke to lots of people and from these conversations, I kind of learned a couple of things about what was going on in organisations and how they were responding. And, you know... One thing that I think is really important that's come out from these conversations and what I'm really quite happy to see is the breaking down of this silo mentality and really for organisations to be much more inclusive in their behaviour. And I really, really hope that, you know, they are going to keep this um, type of behaviour in the future. So, you know, I think this silo, this kind of more inclusive behaviour has enabled them to uh, respond quickly um, and much more holistically. And, you know, one of my clients, CHRO, very large company, very importantly part of everything that's happening in terms of a response um, to this crisis, they've got a cross-functional crisis team. And he described them all working together, respecting and, and appreciating each other, trusting each other's expertise and views in a really non-hierarchical way without a blame culture. And I really hope this behaviour change remains. And I think another observation is that, you know, we all know there's a bit of tension between marketing and corporate affairs, but marketing is now looking for advice on messaging, you know, because it's really imperative at this time to communicate authentically, humanly and compassionately. 
And I think it's not news to me, as, as you know, I've always been a strong advocate for employer brand, but I think most companies now know that brand alignment, it's not just a, uh, it's not just a nice to have, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a must have. The employer brand has really taken front and center. The way companies now treat their, their employees will define their reputation long after this crisis is over. And finally, and, and I think, you know, the whole way that we're working, you can see that trust is critical. You know, digital transformation has happened, like it or not, trust it or not. And work is getting done. You know, social communities are being built, decisions are being made, and global organisations are functioning the best they can. And what's really fantastic to see is that in the face of adversity, companies can innovate quickly. Agility is really critical, and we have to brace it both on an individual level and organisationally. And... Just my final point on this, in terms of what I've learned from these conversations, is that most importantly, in this time, we need compassion and humanity. It's a must. And I see lots of companies, um, what, you know, fostering and promoting a more caring, connected way of working to help their employees manage working from home. You know, and I personally think that if you can really um, foster this great sense of community engagement with your employees this can only only profit organizations and you know that in more ways than just the bottom line and I hope we remember this when we come out of a crisis. Those are really a good observations. Uh, I will go back to your point about digital transformation as a matter of fact I think uh, what I'm seeing is a lot of companies that have been have been lagging with co- a digital transformation. <laughs> it's really not an option anymore no, is it? No um, it, it's not. Yeah. It, it has to happen because to survive. Um, and so maybe that's one of the positive silver linings to come out of this crisis is we know what it takes to work virtually and, and to really have uh, companies be fully digitally transformed. I think, yeah, I think, you know, any, any company that has kind of, you know, lagged behind, maybe there's an issue of trust. But I think that has that I think once you've experienced it because you have to, I think then you can move forward with confidence. Right. So while some industries have been devastated, others are thriving and even exploding. Are you seeing shifts in the types of companies that are hiring now? Yes and no. Um, You know, there's no escaping that there are businesses that are thriving in this crisis. However, I think it's really important to contextualize what will happen post the crisis. You know, for some, this boom will be transient. And I hope organizations are going to be careful at looking at the recruitment at this time and really consider what can be sustained and what is, you know, what are short-term skills requirements versus long-term, long-term needs and recruit accordingly. You know, as a company, we're still busy. Critical roles are still being filled irrespective of sector. You know, some organizations have hit the pause button on recruitment and I envisage that once this crisis is over, many organizations which have weathered this storm will restructure and rethink what their future fit talent needs are. Uh, I think you're definitely correct on that. And I think that's a good tip. So let's say I'm a hiring manager at a company who's recruiting for a key position in this time frame. What are some tips you have on hiring virtually? And can people hire candidates without meeting them in person? Or is that in-person connection unmissable? So hiring virtually, you'll need to do this for all interviews. Plan accordingly. You know, once you know what you're looking for, plan your questions. Don't wing it. In a virtual situation, well-planned, open questions will help you better understand fit. You know, I'm a firm believer that if you delve into what's important to the candidate and what their ambitions are, 
What are their values? You can better see if they match and align with your brief, your company's ambition and its culture. Also, in a virtual setting, mix it up. You know, um, take the candidate a little bit out of their comfort zone. Professionally, of course, you know, you can still see how they're going to respond. You know, you can't plan for the unexpected. Um, Also, I think it's not just about an interview. Define the interview process. You've got testing. You can do cases. You can help mitigate risk and ensure, you know, you, you have their interest and commitment. Don't forget to articulate what's in it for them. This is a partnership. It's a value exchange, you know, and sadly, nothing beats meeting people in person. So if geographically possible, social distancing doesn't mean that you can't meet a person safely when you're down to the last candidates. Great. You are a business owner yourself. How are you keeping your team motivated in this time frame? Or have you seen any of your clients do a particularly good job of team motivation right now? Um, Lauren, I think you know uh, Developer International and our team. We've always been a tight-knit team. We communicate. Now we communicate virtually on a daily basis about work and about how each other are, both personally and professionally. Um, and we're there for each other. And it and it helps. You know, we're nimble, we're flexible. Most of all, we're committed. We have a strong commitment to our values and these are super important to everyone. Our human values have always been integral in everything we do. Now we just live these virtually. You know, I think in this crisis, you come together even more determined to weather the storm together. You know, many leaders that I've spoken with understand this um, and that their employees are looking for more at this moment in time. Um, And... Maybe they're looking for something different. You know, they're looking for greater connectivity, more information, you know, for more of an authentic manager who understands their personal predicament. A leader, you know, who proactively motivates and asks, how can I help? You know, and I think, you know, there are definitely companies that are doing this really well and some who are not. And I think you'll see that when we come, you know, when we come out of this, everything will come out in the wash. Um, what you do now will impact trust and employee retention. Um, so, and not in the too distant future. I think that's really important to consider in these times of crisis. That sounds really clear. Do you think that this crisis will have a permanent effect on the way we hire and retain employees? Absolutely. I think all facets of life will be affected. I'm not sure what the new normal will be. You know, we recently posted a video that we did with one of our stakeholders, Abhinav Kumar, the CMO for Global Markets at TCS. Now, with a workforce of over 430,000 employees, what is really critical for them is the ability to retrain their employees to quickly adjust their business to advances in technology and their clients' business needs. So in this retrain talent mindset, flexibility, the willingness to learn, learning agility are skills companies will hire for. So will the ability to adapt, working well with ambiguity and strong collaboration skills. You know, different leadership styles will thrive in this new normal. We're already moving uh, to competence over confidence and strong EQ is really essential. This will now consolidate. You know, Lauren, talent Its acquisition, its retention and its engagement is a fundamental business driver and it will remain so. You know, we've long been on the road of realisation that employees are the business. And I think after this crisis, hopefully most will arrive at this destination. 
In the past month, Edelman has conducted a special piece of trust barometer research relating to this observable trend. The research is available on our global website at edelman.com and was conducted in 12 markets, which were the hardest and earliest hit by the crisis, including China, South Korea, Italy, France, Germany, the UK, and the US. Fully, 81% of respondents said, I must be able to trust the brands that I purchased to do the right thing. 62% of respondents said that their country will not make it through this crisis without brands playing a critical role in addressing the challenges we're facing. And one in three respondents stated that they've already punished brands that have not responded well. That means specifically that they have acted as an active detractor, sharing negative news or comments about brands amongst their peers on social media in order to convince them to stop using a brand. This has happened in a matter of a few months, folks. The reactions of respondents to what they think employers should be doing is even stronger. A commanding majority of people, 90%, think brands have an obligation to protect the well-being and financial security of their employees and their suppliers, even if it means suffering big losses until the pandemic ends. People are not only looking to the government to be accountable for caring for people, they are looking to brands. They're also expecting companies to be a reliable news source, an educator, an emotional connector, and a mature and responsible communicator. That is a lot of pressure on businesses right now. Interestingly, they're also expecting that all businesses that can switch to manufacturing, shipping, or supplying products to help in the crisis should be doing so. Unambiguously, nine out of 10 respondents said that brands should shift to producing products that help people in the crisis. And 54% said they're not even paying attention to new products being released in this time frame that are not helping with pandemic related issues. And with that note, we've reached the end of this episode of What the Trust? In the next podcast, we're going to talk to some businesses who have had to deal with a rapid explosion of work as a result of the crisis, which creates its own special challenges and issues. Thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then make sure to subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts.